The Rights Ricky Sanchez podcast is presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook by using promo code RTRS. That was just a normal, just normally forgot. More, uh, it's also brought to you by Mortgage CS. Become a Mortgage CS Ricky VIP by going to mortgagecs.com slash Ricky. LL Pavorsky Jewelers, where Rights Ricky Sanchez listeners go and get engaged and kinetic skateboarding. Get 9.1% off your first order with promo code Dave Silver. On the show today, it's January, which should be good. But the Sixers have lost four in a row. And then Joel Embiid, after scoring 70 points in a game and becoming the MVP favorite, um, has some sort of knee injury that they're reassessing and we'll know more about tomorrow. It's great. Questionable decision-making and communication, all from the team that has cursed our lives for the last decade. Also, if we get some time, maybe some trade deadline conversation about one player we have not discussed at all. Kinetic skateboarding, I mentioned. Well... They're good. Even if the the team is not, we can always count on kinetic skateboarding. I did get the sneakers I ordered last week. They're these really sick Converse uh, high top all-stars with the black with this like white spray paint thing on the side. I never saw them anywhere else. Only saw them at Kinetic. Ordered them. They're at my house two days later. You're going to find stuff there. You're not going to find anywhere else. And if you're a snowboarder, they are your snowboarding headquarters. If you buy a new snowboard there, free tunes for the life of your board. That sounds like a great deal to me. I'm not a snowboarder, but I. it sounds like a good deal. Go to kineticskateboarding.com and use promo code Dave Silver for 9.1% off your first order. And I would tell you about Fly the Process, but it doesn't seem... Doesn't seem like a good time to sell it. So we'll talk about it another time. You should come though, right? com slash fly. Without any further ado, Amos and the chef. Welcome to the Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast. I'm Spike Eskin, along with a guy who will be reevaluated tomorrow and then reevaluated in another four weeks and then reevaluated in another several weeks after that. That is Mike Levin. That's it, baby. My whole life. Just being Long reevaluated. Reevaluations. <sighs> what a familiar, awful feeling. Very familiar. I do feel like I've calloused over. Really? Yeah. For this one? Oh, Th- I mean, this one just- hit me. It didn't hit me, this one. Uh, Maybe it will. Maybe it will soon. Maybe once the news breaks. Of, so we're waiting for Embiid news. He's, they're seeking more tests. Come on. We're waiting for... We know what the news is going to be, right? What do you so, think the news is going to be? So here's the news. The news is going to be... Okay. Here's my, my assessment of the news. My tea leaf reading of the news. 
If it was really, really bad, if he tore his ACL or something, we would know. Would leak out. I don't some, think you could tear ACL with someone landing on you like that. Yeah. Well, if it was towards yeah. MCL, yeah. yeah, yeah, to, yeah. yeah. If, we, if he was done, done, we would know. If it was nothing, I think we would also know. When you're getting further evaluation, my sense is it's something. Spike's computer froze here and he came back about 10 minutes later. So my gut is. If it was that bad, we would know. If it was super good, we would know. It's probably in the world of something where you might get the surgery and you might not if you wait it. And that's what a meniscus is. And my guess is he has, we're going to get told that he has a slight tear of his meniscus and they're going to re- reevaluate it in three or four weeks or something. And then, and then here's, here's me playing it out because we all know how this works. He comes back in those four or five weeks and- he looks fine for a week and all of a sudden he's grabbing at his knee every two games and we end up with an Embiid in the playoffs who is 72% and we are asking the same questions again. Like, I feel so bad for the guy. I, I truly do. I have to, like, here's another year where this is happening and I just, I, I'm not saying that this is an action item or anything. I'm just saying you have to wonder, honestly, at some point, like if you can continue or not, if you can continue, but if you can have a reasonable idea and a reasonable thought of winning a championship, if your best player just can't get through the year healthy at all. And it's not little injuries, not nagging injuries. It's like this thing that will just last all year long. And I I just, my gut tells me that's what this is because it's been going on for two and a half weeks anyway. Right. I mean, that, and, and by the way, even before Kaminga fell on his, on his knee, they never, nobody ever said what the injury was ever. Well, that's a swollen knee. That's why it's very frustrating. Like, obviously he didn't play in Denver because his knee wasn't right. And whether or not he should have been on the injury report, like I I won't argue with you if, if it was a concern, probably should have been on there, whatever. But like the idea that he was ducking Jokic is insane. He didn't play in the Portland game. They get rolled. Um, and he comes out on a, in a nationally televised game. And like how much of this was his call? How much of this was him feeling like pressure from the basketball community? Um, well, he's done or, this. Or I mean, whatever. Like, yeah. or, the, or that the medical staff was like, no, you look fine enough to play if it's feeling right, whatever. He looked bad the whole game, dude. He should not have played that game. He obviously, like, his knee buckled in a very obvious way when he went up to try to block. I think it was Brandon Pajemski. Um, He was lumbering slow. Like, he wasn't attacking off the dribble really at all. He had smaller guys on him, and he didn't put him in the basket, like, really even once. His touch was off. I mean, he was just wrong. He He shouldn't have played in this game. And whether it's a... The Sixers were skidding... And the Knicks and Cavs are um, on the, you know, they're they're both hot teams right now. And he just felt like, I want to stop the bleeding a little bit. I want to get a win here. Um, or if the 65-game threshold thing did make a difference to him, I, I kind of think it doesn't. Um, but maybe it did. It, it was the wrong decision of him to play, of the medical staff to allow him to play. Daryl, the whole team, it's an organizational thing. Like when you have a guy that is this much of your franchise and uh, it is top to bottom, including Embiid himself, when he's not right, when something 
looks as off as it did then and and we keep saying how the the playoffs are the thing that matters then you can't play him like that you just can't and it's really frustrating that that he was playing obviously they said that the the knee that Kuminga fell on is the other is an, the other knee but like he looks wrong the whole game and when you are when one thing is hurting you're obviously like overcompensating in another way and you're putting yourself more at risk in different ways like that and I just don't I don't think the thought process was sound and I'm very upset um, that it happened the way it did. I, I agree with you in in concept overall about like the sort of organizational failure around him. I will disagree on some points though and, and none none that will solve or need to belabor, but just a few points. First of all, it is his choice to play. It's always his choice to play. The last game it was his choice to play and that's why it is so silly that the Sixers leaked to Sam Amick that, well, the only reason he played is because of all the dialogue that happened. It's like, okay, well, you can't tell me that one night all you had to do was snap your fingers because he looked bad and all of a sudden he didn't play. And then two nights later, you don't think he should play, but you can't just snap your fingers. Like either either you had that pull or you don't pull. And his entire career here, it has been up to him whether he plays or not. But to that end, even when even if he does not, and, and this is sort of like the organizational thing and the communication thing, is that we don't know what the injury is, right? We have no idea what the injury is. So if the injury is not- They're saying knee soreness, right? Yeah, the, well, first they said swelling. First they said knee swelling, which by the way, is a symptom, not an injury. Mm-hmm. And then uh, knee soreness. And, and it's funny, when you look at the the- the injured list of every other sixer, like the the DeAnthony Melton injury is so frighteningly specific, it, it almost seems fake. And it was the same thing with uh, Mobamba too. It was like the something pad on his foot. Yeah. Um, but for some reason, Embiid, it's just knee swelling. But anyway, if you're in this point where it is like, let's say it's a chronic condition, let's say he has some sort of chronic condition, then the the only thing that the 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 staff can do is ask him how he feels and it's up to him whether he plays or not now like the other thing that i would say is uh if if they were really upset which is i think is an incredibly lame move to blame media and fans or whatever for for an injury that happened that they're trying to uh, cover their asses on then maybe you should have said what injury he had and then maybe you should have he should have been on the injury report the one before. The only other thing I will disagree about, and it's funny because I watched the game not live. I watched the game uh, th- Wednesday morning. And I woke up and I saw all the conversations about it, and I expected to turn on a game and see Embiid like obviously look bad. To my eye, I have seen Embiid look like that dozens of times, like dozens and dozens of times. He looked like he was missing shots. He looked rusty. But I saw him running full bore several times. He just, he didn't look the best he's looked this year, but he did not look, he did not look so obviously injured to me that they would take him out of the game. But all that said is like, I think big picture, the entire time he's been here, this stuff has gone on. Whether it is his rookie year with the Portland game and the Houston game, do you know what I'm saying? Like, and that was seven years ago, eight years ago, a completely, everybody was different. 
and the same stuff was happening. So he has to own his part of it. Um, and, and unfortunately, if the Kaminga thing is what caused, is, if this is the injury that is going to keep him. At, oh, and, and that other thing is like, then they go to, they, they leak to Ramona Shelburne that he can, and this, this tracks with what you're saying. They leak to Ramona Shelburne that the reason he didn't play in the Denver game is he could not even jump during warmups. So if a, a seven foot, 280 pound guy can't even jump on Monday, how is he playing on Wednesday? It's not realistic. Like none of it is realistic. It's always a clusterfuck, um, and it sucks. And and well, I think the, it just it, it feeds each other, right? Like it's yeah. There's just it's the he's not playing. He, he gets injured too much, and he's faking it. He's ducking. The, he's ducking Jokic. He's ducking the the air quality. He's ducking all the stuff. And then it's like, well, the Sixers are, are are fucking. And so like then he gets upset, and then the Sixers gets up, and it's just everything keeps feeding each other, so that like neither side is ever happy. The like. Joel play all the time side or the Joel sit and be protective of your long-term health for the playoff side. And ultimately it just results in like him at re-aggravating an injury. And you, you care more about the like injury report stuff and the, like what's the name of the injury stuff than I do. I'm not saying you're wrong to care about that, but it just, that stuff doesn't matter to me. It's just like, he well, wasn't just, right. He wasn't just, right. And he shouldn't have played and he shouldn't have been out there. And but we can't make comments. We we have no idea. That's the problem. Is we have no idea how right he. We have no idea what's wrong with his name. No idea. Zero. But before this game, zero. No idea. What's yeah. Wrong if with if his they name. said it was like it is a reaggravation of the knee sprain that happened in the playoffs last year that kept that he came back too early from. Like if they said that, then it'd be like, yeah, that makes sense. And I wouldn't know what to do with that in any direction since I'm not well, a doctor. But like I can I I don't know. I, I disagree with you disagreeing with me that that he he looked normal last night or at least, you know, below average for him, not like objectively get him out of the game. To me, it was like a, there's no reason for him to be in this game. They were worse with him on the court by a lot. He wasn't it was it was it was the stuff he wasn't even trying to do for me on offense. And then he like protected the rim some. But like it was the stuff on offense that he was not trying to do that looked like he didn't trust his body to uh, to execute what his mind thought he could do. So he won't even try it. Can can, can I here here? Maybe this will make more sense to you from uh, the injury report standpoint. It would show a sort of collaboration and cohesion between the player and the team that we know what's going on, because all that were because all that was reported afterwards is that. After the Denver game or after the Pacers game, where, where by the way, we saw him tweak his knee yep. in the Pacers game. And and who knows whether the ankle injury, which kept him out three games, like right around Christmas, who knows if that's related to this? We have no idea. But all we know is that after that Pacers game where we saw him tweak his knee, and then the report was, well, he told them he's definitely playing, do not put him on the injury report. Or what it is. It just there's always been between him and the team and the public a sort of weird disconnect. And when there was a different, when I can say when there was different leadership with the Sixers, they would leak out privately that hey, the reason we don't know if he's playing until 20 minutes before the game is because he decides he didn't tell us. So there's just always been this disconnect. And no matter who the GM has been or who the coach has been or whatever, it just seems like there's always this disconnect over how to approach it. And I think what what I fear is, is that the reason this disconnect is there is because there is an uncomfortable truth that let's say they sit him. 
we're talking about a condition that is might be something that does not resolve itself with not playing for two weeks. You know, that does not resolve itself, in which case he's they're, they're left with the choice every game he ever plays or doesn't play for the rest of the regular season. Like, what are they doing? Like, I don't I, I think it's a different situation if we're two weeks from the playoffs, he sprains his ankle. And we're like, just shut it down for two weeks. We're halfway through the season. Like, the, the, there could be a significant trade coming up that he can't just not play. So I, I think they just need a better plan that they all agree with and can collaborate on. And it doesn't seem like as long as he's been here that they have had that. Even, even when he was rehabbing from the, the foot thing. You know, there was there was confusion. They were leaking out that he was too heavy because they wanted him to lose weight. Like this thing with Joe has happened since he was since he's been drafted with the Sixers. Um, yeah, I mean, I I don't think it's been as much of a problem over the last few years as I think you're making it seem. He's been excellent this year, obviously, and it's not like this this thing has been going on for the whole season. It's been like a couple games here and there when he has something nagging. I think you could it's say that. It's been over most... a month. It's been five weeks that he's but been But he scored games. 70 with, with this know, situation. I but, know, but, 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 that's, but that's exactly the point. The point is, is that because there is no clarity, I don't know that he couldn't have played 70, scored 70 last night. I have no idea. He, he, missed, he, missed, he missed three games around Christmas and then another four or five games or whatever it is um, – earlier this month and then the two games this and then Denver and Portland I have no idea what's well, going I mean, on he didn't score 70 last night because he was 5 of 18 from the field he didn't go to he didn't earn any trips to the free throw line he he has two free throws both from either three second calls or uh technical fouls he had eight turnovers in 30 minutes he played horrible he was not himself and it was but very he's played obvious horrible before no but he's never been that he never he never in 30 minutes never doesn't get to the line at all that speaks to someone who is not himself for the le- for the league leader in free throws. Right. He but, wasn't but, himself. But and I, so I, like keep, something over I the keep last coming few games, back to, they, they can't, they can't, I'm, I'm telling you, he is making $40 million a year. He's the best player on the team. What he decides if, what's that? What does that have to do with anything? Though? Because I'm telling you that the training staff doesn't, this is why the Denver thing was so ridiculous. The tra- unless he broke his leg, the training staff does not come over and tell him whether he's playing or not. It doesn't happen. It's just not how it works. It's, I, I, I wish it was how it worked, sure, but they, yeah. they, they also cannot feel what he feels. And they do not, they, one of the trainers is not coming and pulling him off the court. It just doesn't work that way. He that's that's not somebody in his position. Yeah, I, I wouldn't it's just not how it works. I, I wouldn't if you to, if if the real thing that happened is in the Denver game, Joel was like, I can't jump, or they're watching him not be able to jump, and the training staff is like, Look, blame us. If you want to say that we pulled you yes. off the thing, like that's sure. which is fine. I have no which problem. Which is with that. fine. Um, I guess my thing, and maybe this is just how we view public versus private information is like I just because they're not like relaying this information to the public doesn't mean that I don't think that Joel and the training staff and the medical staff whatever has like a plan for how to address whatever is going on it has never felt that way it, well it especially has, the results wise like because yeah. things have kept going wrong yes but like I think just this is the sort of thing of like a seven footer at his size with the amount of strain he puts on that thing with how much he, you know, he's, he's dunking less this year. He's, this is the fewest dunks he's had in his career, but like this, the amount of strain he puts on his thing, like he's going to have lower body injuries. That's just, that's just the name of the game from a but, guy, from a guy who's big. Yeah, 
But there's a, a lot of big guys that do not have as many injuries as he has. Yeah, I mean everybody's everybody's different for sure. But yeah. like I, I and whether that's and I, a whether that's like a training staff thing or a Joel thing or whatever, I think like everyone is settled into, and I think this happens a lot around the league. It's just hey, when you're ready to go, you're going. I think Kawhi is like that. If you feel like you can play, we're, you're playing. And you can try to make a plan and stuff, but I think it's just a listen to my body type thing. And that's what he's, that's what he's doing. And but that's him. That's on I him. I know. I think, I think it was yeah. a mistake. I think it was a mistake to let him play last night. I think Nick Nurse should have stepped in and pulled him aside at halftime and said, like, hey, man, you're not right. Like, it's just one game. We got bigger things to do this season. Someone should have stepped in, some adult, Nick, Daryl, Elton, somebody, and, or the training staff, Kevin Johnson, who's been there for fucking 75 years, anybody uh, should have said, like, look, we know you. We know you want to be here. You played. You tried. You're not right. Take a seat. And what if he says no? Yeah, I mean, it might have happened. And then yeah, that's him. Yeah. That's him for being stubborn. But I, yeah, I don't I, think I, I don't, I'm, I'm not just, blaming everybody but Joel. That's not what sure, I'm saying. Sure, I think sure. he's okay. certainly a part of this. And I feel bad for him at the same time. But I, and I feel bad for him that like all the like talk over the last couple of weeks or weeks since the Denver game has been like he's ducking him and how, what an embarrassment. Like he 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 missed two games in Denver. <laughs> like it was two games prior to this one. And he was planning no, on playing. No, and no, no. Dunk. No, no. 2019. He, and then, and then he, 2020, he there wasn't one. No, and then no, twenty one no, and twenty two. No, no, no. no, you're. It's he missed twenty twenty one. He missed twenty one twenty two. He missed twenty two twenty three, and he missed twenty three twenty four. Well, the prior to this one, it was two. It was I because because the, it was the the COVID season. The COVID season, they played in nineteen twenty. He played. He did play in that one. Yeah, he did. He did. Okay. That was the last one he played. Okay. So, but but regardless, regardless of but, what but it I, is, but you tweeted this. You tweeted this out. This was a. It was all in the span of the like. What, nine or ten were. games yes. that he two missed. Of them were. Last so year was like, not. Last I don't know. Was, I don't, last I don't year fucking was give a shit. Too. I just don't give a shit. I don't give a shit. I don't care if, if Embiid never plays in fucking Miami or uh, fucking Utah or anywhere. If it, it there, that should not be a reason why he goes out there injured is what I'm saying. But it, it happens to be a he coincidence. Didn't. He didn't. I know. I'm saying okay, I was, I was so good with it. I was good with it then. And sure. I'm frustrated by the fact that all of that talk about him not toughing it out or whatever it is, or his teammates not winning one of those games without him so that he could feel like, okay, I can, I can take the next couple days to make sure I'm 100% right. I'm upset that that affected him in some way to say, I'm going to play when I'm clearly not myself. And he well, played a horrible game because he, well, you're, because he wasn't You're right. projecting. You're projecting is that that's why he did it. We don't know why he did it. We don't know why he did it. But we have like, no idea. And he, he's, I, I, know, I can tell from my eyes, and other people are saying this. I know you, you disagree, but a lot of people are saying, like, you watch him, Stan Van Gundy was saying, like, he wasn't right. He just okay, was not look, himself. I, I will and concede, I think I will concede that. But, but, but again, he did that in, even in his rookie year. He did it. Yeah. And I'm when saying there that was things, no should gotten, things should have gotten better in this time. I'm, yes. Yes. There's, I, there's always been this talk. It's been his whole career. I, th- I don't think he wants, I think Embiid fights it. It's not one guiding principle, right? I think he wants to play in every game. He wants to be a guy that plays in every game. He doesn't want to sit. He won the MVP last year. And so he goes, okay, the playoffs were the most important thing. But that doesn't mean he just doesn't want to play in the regular season. He still wants to be there for his team. He still wants to show up national TV games against big, uh, against big teams like Golden State, like, like Denver. He wants to fucking play. That's what he does. So, but, so I think he, there's an internal battle within himself to go, well, I feel okay. I could feel better. But like people are leaning on me for this thing, whether it's the league because it's a league game or the Sixers because whatever. There's a, there's a ton of pressures with, within himself, out, external and internal. 
And the result of this of this decision was Embiid played in a game he shouldn't have. And most of that is on him. Some of that is on like the media for like being assholes and just like speculating wrongly and is on the Sixers for not successfully, we don't know if they did it or, did it or didn't do it, successfully preventing him from playing when he wasn't right. The only thing I'll disagree with, I put 0% on media and 0% on fans. If they if they cannot operate in a world where they don't well, make MB, a decision. Yeah, I mean, Embiid can't blame the, the media. I was blaming neither them. Neither can the team. La- last, sure, I was blaming them last podcast to say like, hey, you guys are being assholes. This is wrong. You're just being dumb. And so- and B and the Sixers can avoid saying that, but I can say that being like, hey, if, if this sure. had any effect on him, like that fucking sucks. You, you can guys say are it. I dumb thought, as shit. I, you can say it. I thought it was weak that the team leaked. That, That's fair. That was why it yeah. happened. They're, they're trying to. So the right three, <laughs> the right three Sanchez podcast is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Mike, the, uh, how are you handling the big game on Sunday? The big game. Not this Sunday. Oh, next Sunday. Right. How are you handling that? The, the big, big game. game this, the big game, the Pro next Bowl. Sunday. That's yes. what we all to call the big game. It's not game. even a game. Or it is a game. All right. So we have Niners at DraftKings Sportsbook. Niners minus two. Your your pick? Um, I, don't, I have not thought about it, really. Really? So, think about it now. Mm, we got a full week to think about it. <laughs> yeah, I'll, make, uh, I'll let you pick again next week. Um, what's the all right, What's the over-under? I'll give you the, the over-under under this week. Okay. And, is, you can, is, and next is, week I'll go to the team. Okay. It's is 47. That's right in the middle there, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Vegas just throwing up their hands. We're guessing. It's going to be over. It's gonna I'm going to say over. Yeah, I'll say yeah. over. It's going to be 27-24 or something like that. Uh, first TD score. I'm going to ask if you like any of these at DraftKings Sportsbook. First TD score. You got Christian McCaffrey at plus 340. Isaiah Pacheco at plus 600. Mm. Travis Kelsey at plus 650. Debo Samuel at plus 800. You like, and Brandon Ayuk at plus 850. You like any of those? Um, of those, I, I like Debo. Okay. And last one at DraftKings Sportsbook, Brock Purdy, uh, passing yards, Brock Purdy over under 242.5 and Pat Mahomes over under 260.5. Um, Purdy, I will go under, I'll go under for both. Hmm. Seems possible. DraftKings Sportsbook, of course, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, but the NBA is dead, hasn't happened, will never happen again. <laughs> you won't be able to bet on the NBA, but bet on the big game. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook, but seriously, if you want to bet MD, uh, NBA, new customers get, bet five bucks, get 200 instantly in bonus bets. If you use code RTRS, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now with code RTRS. New customers can bet just five bucks on the NBA and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code RTRS. The crown is yours. Gambling problem call 1-900-GAMBLER. Uh, Got to be 21. See show notes for details. To go back to the first thing that I mentioned on this is like, and I, I don't even know what there is to say or or how to move the conversation forward, but here it happened again. You know, and it's hard to believe given the circumstances, though I guess it's possible, but it's hard to believe that whatever this issue is will not be an issue the rest of the season and then an issue into the playoffs. I don't want to, who knows, but my gut tells me that that's what's happening. And it just, you know, we, we got emails, got to trade them, yada, yada. That's certainly not what I'm saying, but the reality is 
hit me before and then was dormant for a while. But the reality is hitting me again that like we may need some sort of freak season where he gets hurt right at the beginning and misses the first 45 games of the year and then is peaking at the end of the season. And that's how we get the playoff run. Like I just, I can't imagine a world where after eight years where it's happened every year, I, I just can't imagine a world where we, and it hasn't happened all the way this year for sure. But I just have, I have trouble getting my head to a place where I can believe that it can get there. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's a, it's a bummer. Yeah. It is very upsetting for him, for us, for the team. He's an incredible player. He's having one of the best seasons of all time. Uh, they depend on him so much for so much on this team. And when he's not there, they're just not a good, they're not a good basketball team. Obviously, Maxie's been out as well, which is hurt. Melton's been out. A bunch of guys have been hurt. Um, so that's that's affected things. I wouldn't assume that they're like a 250 team the rest of the way if Embiid yeah, misses yeah, yeah. the game, misses a, a bunch of time. But yeah, hard to know. I, I obviously wouldn't trade him. I think he just, no, he's no, no, just no. too special. You write it out yeah. for everything. And um, I think as far as the trade deadline goes, we, we can uh, talk about it more in the next podcast and we'll have more information. But I think that they are 100% still going to try to add to this team. Absolutely. I for think a that, player that, that might just be here this year. I would disagree. I would say more likely for the, what I've, I would say it's even, I feel even more strongly that they're going to try to get a guy for the next oh, who'll be here long contract for yeah, two or three yeah, years. Yeah. That's what um, I was asking. You, you, you don't think they would just, I think it's probably a little less likely that it would be that they would get a guy that is a one year guy at this. Yeah. Point. I don't think yeah. like, I don't think a Gordon Hayward, trade makes right. sense for that much depend i mean obviously we're still waiting on the nba news so who knows but i would assume it's it's even more going to be one of those guys with like a two or three year deal uh, still around that they can add to it and then they can sign uh some of the veteran bench pieces that they have uh for longer that are expiring so we'll see who that is you know i i think no matter what even if nba even if this is like a hey he's out for three weeks and he's back and he looks the same that's which is obviously a great would be a great scenario. Um, you need less responsibility on him. You just need less. You need more ways to score and get good offense out of other players so that MB doesn't have to do everything over and over again. Um, yeah, I mean, I just, I feel bad for the guy. I, I understand. I mean, I blame him for, for playing when he's not right and for taking, you know, making a plan with the team or being like, his, you know, his KG self, blah, blah, blah. But like at the same time, I, I know how much he wants to win and how much he wants to be here doing this and, uh, and finally get the, uh, the playoff monkey off his back. And if this is going to be another year where he can't do it, that's just a, that's a real massive bummer for, for him and for everybody. It's hitting me now. Now it's hitting me. Now I'm sad. I'm sorry. We should have never done the podcast. Yeah. It was too late anyway. We shouldn't have done it. Yeah. Everybody should just taken a gummy and gone to sleep. Uh, my computer was trying to tell me, don't do begging the podcast. You, yeah. Begging you to do it. Yeah. CJ, can you, I need another one of these. One of these like things that I put all the USB things in and the, the <laughs> Ethernet cable. Yeah. Yeah. We're working on it. Okay. Yeah. Just tell, got, tell me a good one to get. I got an email typed out for you. Okay. <laughs> there you go. He's the best. See, he's producing. He's producing. <sighs> it feels weird to talk about like really anything else in this podcast aside from that. I was very happy to see Corkmans go off. Last night against Golden State. Yeah, was, it was nice was to a, see him. Yeah. That was a joy. Yeah. He was hot. He was hot as hell. 
He, uh, and I, I noticed this. I've been sort of tracking this quietly to myself mm. uh, <laughs> for like the whole year. But uh, Maxi took his place at 10th all time in Sixers uh, three-point makes uh, this season. <laughs> Is that and why then Maxi has since gone up? And then yeah. last night, Corkmines, I, I don't forget who he passed, but he's Corkmines is now back in the in, in 10th all time in Sixers three point makes uh, because he had five last night. And and that's nice. I just think that's nice. We take the little things. We enjoy it. He's been here for a really long time. He has barely ever been consistently in the rotation. And and yet he's 10th all time in Sixers three point makes. It's a beautiful <laughs> thing. Okay. Now I'm going to try to think of the other. Who's in front of him? Obviously, we know Covington. Well, there's five current Sixers on on the list of top ten, which is crazy. Oh, really? Yeah. So Corkmaz, Maxi, and Bead. Mm-hmm. Uh, Covington. Yeah. Toby. Tobias, Mr. Okay. Three Pointer himself. So Corver is also on the list. I'm sure. Charles. Uh, no, not Charles. Not Charles. No. Okay. Dana Barros. Uh, he wasn't here long enough. Willie Green. This is where this is the this is where where it's all come to. Uh, no, you Lou got, Williams. No. Yeah, he wasn't here long enough either. No one of one of your favorite people in the world. Oh, JJ. Ra- JJ at nine, a guy yeah. we rarely bring up. And then you said Corver, and you're missing two obvious ones with the same initials. Iverson Igadala. Yep, Iverson okay. still at one. Covington. Uh, behind him at two. Iverson Covington is such a fun one, too. Uh, yeah. And then Hersey Hawkins is the last one at seven. Oh, wow. Hersey Hawkins is a good player. Good player. Bad time. Unfortunately, bad time Bad time to be a sixer, but he was yeah. very good. But Maxi, you know, Maxi will be, by like next season, Maxi will be fourth in sixers history in threes, which is crazy. Wow. Yeah, well, and it also shows how the the game has changed. Of course. I mean, yeah, of course. Maxie's shooting how many threes per game now? Eight, nine, something like yeah, that. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. You know what I, mean? uh, I also have to say, and I feel like you blanch every time I bring it up, but a really wonderful game from Jaden Springer last night. I know this was going to happen. It was great. It was. I mean, he still does. Derek noted on, on online, which I agree with, but like he'll make one very impressive steal or rebound in traffic with guys that are like eight inches taller than him and rip it out of somebody's hands. And then he'll go bring it down the offensive end. He's like, all right, time to triple spin move into three different guys and go up. Uh, he still, you know, he took threes last night, hit one of them. I liked it. I was happy with it. I was happy with the Jaden Springer experience last night. And I, I still do think like, I think there's an NBA player here. I need him to like, consolidate what he does well and eliminate what he doesn't do well and become a quicker decision maker. And to some extent, you've seen Matisse do that a little bit in, in, in Portland. Um, Springer just is still young and needs to do that on a team that is worse. It's Matisse, who's no longer starting, by the way, which I thought was interesting. The, I, I think that the, the most confounding thing about Springer, and I think this is what you're saying, correct me if I'm wrong, is like offensively, he just seems like his brain seems to like hotwire sometimes like he doesn't know what situation he's in or what the situation calls for aside from not hitting shots that that alone he just doesn't seem like he knows what to do when he gets the ball he's either too aggressive or not aggressive enough it just doesn't seem to fit well it's tough like you know he plays all his life in in high school and then at Tennessee and then in the G League where 
this shit works, right? Like he can drive and spin and finish and guys bounce off of him and finish with strength and up and unders and all that stuff. And he can just get wherever he wants because he's so strong and so sturdy and built like a bowling ball. And then the NBA, like guys are just too long, too quick, too fast and can stay with him and he can't do it anymore. And you really have to get your mind right about, and this is what kind of we talked to Mo, Mo Bamba about of like, what do you do very well at an NBA level and how can you best service the team around it? And so it's very clear that like Jaden Springer is not going to be a guy unless he gets way better that who, who like is a lead guard or even like a really like number one point guard off the bench who can just set the offense and dribble into traffic and, and, and finesse out of it or something like that. He needs to be second side pick and roll sometimes, swing the ball, catch and shoot threes, cuts, attack the offensive glass, and like attack closeouts. Like that's what he has to be. But like for a 20-year-old kid who's succeeded at like every other level and, and when he goes to the G League can still do it like that, it's hard to like rewire your brain to be like, I'm catching shoots and I'm like straight line drives. And I, you can see him not quite getting there. But like, you know, Jalen Suggs is an example of a guy who had a really, really bad first year of his career. Obviously a bigger prospect, but a really bad first year of his career. Pretty bad second year. And then this year has like blown up because he just like accepted what he needs to do uh, in order to be successful and plays a similar kind of like frenetic out of his mind, go 100%, you know, football type player. Um, and I hope Springer gets to do it. I just have a tough time believing it's going to be here in these limited minutes. The Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast brought to you by Mortgage CS. CS stands for Concierge Service. I always talk about the Google reviews Mortgage CS gets. Mortgage CS is a mortgage broker, not a lender, but a mortgage broker. They help you find your mortgage right here, independent mortgage broker. I always talk about the Google reviews and I was reading through them today. <laughs> I was reading the Mortgage CS's Google reviews. I was actually doing that, waiting for the pod to start. Here's one from Brianna. I cannot express enough how Mortgage CS, how amazing Mortgage CS was to work with. As a first time home buyer, getting started with the process was daunting. Alec, Ben, and the team really took time to explain everything to us and were there every step of the way. Their team is knowledgeable and friendly and committed to helping you find your home. They were available to answer any questions we had and eased our minds. We ended up having a quick close and Mortgage CS was on top of everything to make it happen. I would highly recommend them to anyone looking to buy a home. We love Mortgage CS because they are committed to one thing and that is you and making sure you're comfortable during the mortgage process. And that independent thing I said is so important because some of these bigger, even some of the smaller uh, mortgage companies, the mortgage brokers that you see when you Google them, especially the bigger ones, you, they have deals with certain banks where they get they get a better deal if they lead you to one bank rather than another. So while the mortgage might be best for them, while that lender might be best for them, it might not be best for you. Mortgage TS is always looking for what is best for you. Here is Ben's cell phone number. He is the CEO of Mortgage CS. I love giving out his phone number, 267-391-7425. Call him, text him whenever. We'll be available whenever you need them, 267-391-7425. Or go to mortgagecs.com slash Ricky, 
Look at the microsite they built for us with drawings, Ricky drawings all over it. Love how all in they are. Learn about Mortgage CS, and you can set up a time for a consultation at mortgagecs.com slash Ricky. And you can spend time waiting to start your podcast, reading the Mortgage CS Google reviews. This advertisement is not a commitment to lend or extend credit. Mortgage CS is an equal housing opportunity mortgage broker. All loans are subject to credit approval. Certain restrictions may apply. Company NMLS 1464766. Visit mortgagecs.com slash Ricky for more information. Um, The the team, sorry, the team as a whole. Mm Mm-hmm. And this has coincided, not surprisingly, with Joel missing more games, but has really taken a tumble as far as like hitting threes. Um, everybody's percentages is down. Kelly Oubre, who was really hot from three for the first part of the season, is down to thirty three point six. Melton hasn't been there for a long time. Maxi has has gotten cold. Obviously, a number has after being forty percent for a long time. He's down to thirty seven. You know, Beverly's at 30. Marcus Morris was very hot at the beginning of the season. He's not doing it anymore. Covington's out. The only guy that's getting hotter from three is Paul Reed. Thank you very much. B-ball Paul. Um, and that obviously coincides with, you know, Joel not being there. And Joel, they get easy looks out of it when Joel's there and, he's, and they're not. Um, and Maxi has spent, you know, after having a very hot first eight yeah. weeks of the season, has cooled off significantly since then. He's had good games, but it seems like more 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 off games than on games for him from three, which yeah. could could be a, is also what you've brought up a few times, could also be a, a function of the minutes he's playing. And also he's not a surprise anymore. And teams, I think probably for sure, you know, focus on him a little bit more, which makes he's, it he's obviously he can hit step back threes and he can hit side step threes and he can do it all. But like it'd be really way nicer if there was a guy who could like operate the offense and also attack the basket while Maxi is flying around screens and can shoot off the catch. Cause he's such a good three point shooter off the catch. And Would it feels you, like when he's just having to do everything himself, it, it, it tires his legs out and, and he misses more. Would you trade all three first round picks and Tobias for Jimmy Butler? <laughs> let's say, let's say Embiid, Embiid, just we're just, we're just, we're just playing now. Let's say Embiid, they do the check. They're like, ah, actually he forgot to, Drink is Elite that morning, and he's totally fine. He goes back to normal, and Miami's like ready to punt on the season. They've lost heat culture, have lost seven in a row, and they're like, "We'll give you Jimmy." Jimmy's expiring, right? I think Jimmy's expiring. I don't think so. Or is one year? He has. He doesn't. He doesn't have more than one year. He's either expiring or he just has one more year after this. Okay. So they go Tobias. Your three firsts. We'll give you Jimmy Butler. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Of course. Okay, and even if he's expiring, I mean, I think he—he's not expiring. He's got another year after this, and then okay. a player option for fifty-two. Okay. Um, but I think you—if you trade for Jimmy Butler, I think then you—you, Daryl would not let him go again. Who would you rather? Let's say both teams call. Just, just do I can't even believe you asked me that. I'm just asking you. Hypothetical. Both teams call you. So Daryl's got two cell phones. On one phone is Rob Palenka. On the other phone is Pat Riley. Pat yeah. Riley's offering you Butler for Toby and three firsts. Rob Palenka's offering you LeBron for Toby and three firsts. This first. is such fan fiction, such torturous fan fiction for me per- in a fucking Embiid M- injured podcast. You're <laughs> well, very I'm rude just, of you to do. Well, I could do that or ask you the bathroom question we have in the mailbag. <laughs> uh, I, would, I would take Jimmy. Yeah, I would take Jimmy too. Because also he's been here and it feels like natural. It feels... I. I I wouldn't, 
I was thinking about this. Obviously, the Lakers are struggling, but like, I wouldn't feel as negative about LeBron as you would coming here. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'd be pretty negative, but I would, I would feel more satisfied to go like, okay, Jimmy returns, never should have left. Him and Embiid very close, and they do it together. That would be cool. That would have been cool. It's not going to happen, but it would be cool. So speaking of injured former Sixers. Ben Simmons came back this week, had played 18 minutes against the Jazz. Yeah. 10 points, 11 assists, eight rebounds. A couple of quotes from after the game. I watched all of his highlights of this game. I was like, let me see it. Let me see what he's doing. Let me see what it looks like. <laughs> it's the same shit, dude. It's yes. the same, same shit, which is fine. Like, he's capable of being like a helpful player at that guy. Yeah. But, but it's not, there's nothing. There's nothing new. It's him driving and kicking and like slapping out rebounds and the occasional like tip in. Like that's, he's just, just, he's just big and athletic. That's it. Uh, just a few quotes from after the game. And this is from the Ricky's own James Herbert. Ben Simmons interrupting a reporter who mentioned the Nets had a fast break a few seconds after he checked in. Quote, it's always a fast break when I have the ball. Another quote from Ben Simmons. I, I, would, st- I would truly stop covering him on fast breaks. <laughs> Yeah. He's try- he'll kick it out. If there's like a, anybody there, he'll kick it out. Uh, another quote, as soon as I checked in, I told them, quote, you know what time it is. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a fake quote from 2K. Yeah. Yeah, and, and then the last one, this is probably one of the best teams in feels, terms it, of- f- It feels like, sorry, it feels like a, like a tweet. It's, it's like, I, I, I've missed the last three months you, of, of a career where I then missed previously a full season. Yeah. I, ste- <laughs> I step onto the court. I say, you know what time it is. I stub my toe so bad my head starts bleeding. Like that's yeah. what seems like something that would have happened. Like he played well, it's himself, whatever. But like the one of the least self-aware human beings to ever walk this earth. And the last quote, this is probably one of the best teams in terms of friendships that I've been a part of. That's Everyone gets along. We don't have any egos on the team, and guys want to win and compete so far. So for me to be in an environment like this is no amazing. No egos. You just said you know what time it is. Yeah. Hasn't played in forever. You know what time it is. What time What time is it? Well, Someone let me know. Apparently, Spencer Dinwiddie's on that team. There's plenty. Cam Thomas is on that team. What are you talking about? Yeah. No egos. What are we talking about? Well, and... You know, I'll tell you what time it is. It is time for Ben Simmons appeared to tweak his knee in his first game back against the Jazz and was out tonight, did not play. Um, He missed the second game. So there he is. I take no joy in that. Um, I guess I take a, well, I don't take joy. No, it's not joy. So do you want to close it off or do you want the bathroom question? I thought we were going to do Star Hunter with the guy we don't talk about yet. I I thought we weren't doing it because you didn't want to talk about other stuff, so I just threw the other stuff in there. Oh, well, I just said it doesn't feel right to talk about other stuff, but we <laughs> it doesn't feel right to be doing anything ever when Joel is hurt. I feel like I should be tending to his knee. Well, it was actually Jimmy. Oh, really? Yeah, because because uh, Kendrick Perkins, you know, is not really a rumor. It just made me think of it. Well, actually, I did two of these. Um, the first one was Jimmy Kendrick Perkins quote. It's time for the Miami Heat and Jimmy Butler to go their separate ways. I believe the Miami Heat need to do right by Jimmy and trade him to a team that could actually compete for a title this season. And Jimmy, who the hell's playing that? Oh, it's CJ. Wow. wow. CJ's got the music. Wow. wow. Uh, Jimmy Butler's 34 years of age. Who the hell's age. playing that? 
Yeah, <laughs> it's freaking the me out. Playing that, I can't do it because my because nothing works here. Everyone else is thirty years and younger. The Heat team is not going to have a magical run again, so we don't know how much time. So blah blah blah. I don't think the Heat are trading Jimmy Butler, and I don't think they're trading yeah. him to the Sixers. No, I mean they're also like I. So I bet Orlando similar similar to my Tampa bet, my Buccaneers. I bet Orlando to win the division, um, and they are currently tied with Miami. Um, so I would like Miami to keep struggling so my Orlando Magic can well, win me some money. But They're both 24 and 23, I think. Yeah, right. 24 yeah. and 23 right now in the 7 and 8 spot. And the Sixers, yeah, I mean, as far as Sixers go, like they could, you know, the Knicks are good, Cavs are good. Sixers could easily fall out of the top four, have to travel in playoff series. But like, I don't know, that to me that matters so much less. Obviously, you want to avoid the play-in, and I think they probably will, unless Embiid's out for like two months. Um... As long as you're a top six team, I'm I'm fine. Because like, dude, <laughs> they've been a top four team so many times and they haven't made it anywhere. So whatever. And home court, they can win anywhere, they can lose anywhere. The the just I'm gonna be a broken record and I'm gonna say this forever. It's just like as whatever you can do to get and beat healthy, that is what matters. Give yourself a chance in the playoffs. All right, then we'll do one more. Hi, Spike, Mike, and CJ. This came to, from right to Ricky Sanchez at gmail.com. Hi, Spike. Oh, it says, I'm sorry. It says, hi, Spike and CJ. Oh, I think we'll get to that. My basketball question is about if you'd have any interest in Jordan Clarkson. He turns 32 in June and has two more seasons under contract at just over $14 million a year. His shooting numbers are down this year, but he's got a big enough sample size to, to where we know what he is, I think. A second unit chucker who takes lots of shots and makes about an average clip at about an average clip. Feels like he could be a much better bench lead guard than anyone else they have they've had they have during Maxi's bench minutes. I'd be willing to give up a couple of second rounders, I think. No way would I give up a first. Utah has Keontae George, Colin Sexton, and Chris Dunn, so seems like a move they might be willing to make. My non-basketball question is also a basketball question. Where does Mike get the balls? to smugly complain about, quote, uninformed fans coming up with trade ideas uh, about guys like Desmond Bain, who is untradeable. But in the meantime, we had to listen to him spit out the garbage idea that the Clippers would trade Paul George for James Harden all summer long, and now the ridiculous Mikel Bridges idea. It would only be slightly annoying if we just had to hear these insane ideas from him, but for then him, to hear these insane ideas from him, but for him to then get on his high horse mm. when other people do it is out of hand. So my official question is, where does he get the balls from my dad <laughs> uh i've always i've never thought the mikhail thing was like really possible i think it's yeah. like there's the three percent chance and the and the nets are bad um and he's not a number one option paul georgia would have been the nets which there were whispers of of them like not being happy with having to give him a max contract there would have been disputes there if they just got out ahead of it and did it and clearly they wanted harden so they acquired him but uh, yes, it didn't didn't end up being possible. What about Jordan Clarkson? Clarkson, I like as a sixth man. It's just I I hesitate could to certainly spend, go off. Could certainly go I just off. hesitate to spend valuable resources acquiring a guy that either can't play with Maxi or can't play with Embiid. And I think a Maxi Clarkson lineup is is pretty limiting. Hmm. Um, and also, you can't if it you can try it and you can get something for him, but you're not like. You know the reason that I, the reason I like Anthony Simons so much as like a dark horse type of trade candidate is because you can elevate you can elevate him. He can keep getting better, and then you can trade him for a, in a year or two for a fit that makes more sense. 
Whereas Clarkson is older and not like getting better. You could still, you can't convince yourself like there's a cornerstone here. Um, but I, I think Clarkson would be fine. You know, he's making 23 million this year and then he's down to 14 for the next two. Uh, I would be happy if he was on the team. I don't know what it's going to cost. I think the Jazz are intent on keeping this core together and being interesting. If they get blown out of the water for somebody, maybe like Kelly Olynyk or one of these other expiring guys, then maybe they do something. But I think that dealing with Danny Ainge just seems like awful. So. Yeah, and I they're not trading him for a couple of seconds. Like with that I contract, think ra- I think they'd rather hold on to him. Yeah. yeah. All right, that's it. Unless also, you have something one thing else, we haven't but- talked about. What? KJ Martin, if he could just shoot, man. Yeah, he if he stinks, could just though. shoot, yeah. he can't. I mean, yeah. even the foul shots, he can't shoot. Yeah, he just can't shoot. I mean, he's an interesting player. He's got good balance, body control, attacking the rim. I, you know, he's fine. He could be fine defensively. He just can't shoot, At and all. he's not so big and so athletic that he's undeniable. He could probably be a rotation player somewhere, but not, not, not with a team with Joel Embiid where you're just like, you can't play with him. I don't even know what kind of rotation player he is. Yeah, I mean, it's just because he's athletic and big and physical and has a nice touch around the rim and can attack off the bounce a little bit straight line. I like it. Um, but he just can't He just can't shoot, dude. Can't fucking shoot. Simple as that. Here we are again. Well, they said, so the last report from Woj was that uh, Joel Embiid was flying back to Philadelphia and he would be reevaluated within the next 24 hours and we would get an update. I would assume they have some sort of idea of what's going on and they just want a maybe a second opinion and a course of action and then we find out. My gut is we see Joel Embiid the end of February. That would be my gut. In a That'd month. be fine. I'd yeah. be fine with that. Uh, we have gotten people who reached out Connected in some way to Gwen and Mercy for people following along with my nephews. Yes. It made uh, me feel really dirty, actually. Uh, dirty? I, yeah. Yeah. It didn't well, feel yeah. like a, when you were doing it, it was funny. And then when we started getting emails about it, I was like, oh, this seems wrong, well, look, man. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. He got oh, yeah. accepted. Yeah. He, he's, he would be on the team. D3, as someone emailed, does not give uh, yes. baseball scholarships. So he's up for an academic scholarship. He's a lovely student. He's a lovely young man. Um, and I'm just saying if people are reading that scholarship application and not knowing that his uncle, who is a very niche, important local podcaster mm-hmm. would Here be willing to give We're some sort of again. speech I can't believe, I can't to some students, then that should be fine. There's nothing <laughs> but, wrong with but that. But not, not at the expense of another student. No, just dig around in your, wherever Gwyneth Mercy's money comes from, uh-huh. dig around your little pocketbook and cough up a little bit more money. Get Braden in there. Get me in there to give a speech. Let's go. Would you give one speech for every year that he's a student there? Sure. Yeah. Okay. For sure. Absolutely. And we would have Ricky events at his baseball games. Ah, I don't know about that. You said that last time. I said we invite people. We said we invited people over to a to his baseball to a game. Yes. Yeah. To a game. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Okay. We can do that. So, what they don't like? They don't like attention. Oh, I don't, again, I'm feeling icky again. CJ, is this icky? What do you think, Siege? I feel like enough kids are getting in. If I, if I was and all fucking these extra stuff, so William no. H. Ma- if it was William H. Macy's nephew, they'd be like, oh, great. 
hundred percent. Get them in here. <laughs> we'll give you that. But I just had to make them aware that I, because his name is not, we don't have the same last name. He's my sister. Uh, it's my sister's kid. So he's got my brother-in-law's last name. So it's like, come on, just, just let them, let them aware. Look, it's nothing I can do. I'm just giving them a heads up that if there's anybody that's interested, I'm here willing <laughs> to give a speech. Oh, Jason Lipschitz has one, has one kid all of a sudden gets on his high horse. Says love admissions fraud. If, if What's the fraud? He's already in. He's admitted. Just need a little shout help back baby, into, financially. Shout out baby Lipschitz. College is too expensive anyway. Fucking you got it. You got it, Gwyneth. And Mercy. Both of them. <laughs> this is so icky. It's so icky. He's already in. It's just right. make it less expensive. Yeah, That's just all. give him money. Give him money. That's all. They have it. They got it. That's all right. Fine. Well, I'm actually going to look up. Wait, hold on. Hold on. This is the weirdest thing I've ever done. Hold on. You're looking up how much it costs? No, I'm looking what Gwyneth Mercy's endowment is. Okay. 41 million. They have it. <laughs> they have it. It's one kid who's going to play great shortstop, solid pitcher. Lovely young man. Bring attention to the school. It would be the official college of the Ricky, of the process. Well, what about the Cal State Fullerton? Well, we haven't heard from them in a few years. (laughs) They haven't sent me a hat in a while. They can be the East Coast college of the process. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Just saying. All right. Opportunities. If they don't want to take them, then that's bad business. Me, I'm just a businessman. Just big business guy. Always have been. Money, financials, all of that. I'm a family man myself. Next pod is after the Nets game, I believe, right? Yeah. Okay. And then the trade deadline's Thursday. Holy shit. Yeah, week from today. Shout out I always have a a dentist appointment on the fucking... How is this possible? Do you have one again? again? In the morning, before work. But still... I know. Yeah. I, I don't understand how this happens every fucking year. <laughs> the dentist is absolutely in a goddamn conspiracy. It's really every year. It's remarkable. If you don't fuck with remarkable me. stuff. Okay. All right. Well, uh, cross your fingers for Joe. That's uh, we'll cross our fingers for Joe. Are you down with TTP? Yeah, you know. If you don't fuck with me, then I won't fuck with you. If you don't fuck with me, then I will not fuck with you. But if you fuck with me, I'm gonna fucking kill you! Thanks for playing.